This episode of the Comedy Zone Podcast is presented by International Podcast Day. Now, International Podcast Day is September 30, and if you want more information on that, go to internationalpodcastday.com. From the Comedy Zone at the NC Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast and email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Spencer Taylor. Welcome to the Comedy Zone Podcast. Coming right back at you this morning. I got my co-host, Spencer Taylor, Brian the Man on the Wheels of Steel, and Killer Cow sitting in the corner hanging with his toys. Woo. Wow. <laughs> I can't marry that energy in the morning. Well, I I, I I was told earlier this morning that I didn't have enough energy, so I figured I, yeah, I would overcompensate yeah. and bust Brian's eardrum. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That's that how good. I respond to constructive criticism. You saw it right there. Like, that's how petty I am. Well, I'll show you. Blow his ears out. That's what I'm going to do. You don't give enough money to your co-host, Will. <laughs> you don't tip me enough. So now give it slap a hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh, I'll show you. Take it. Take it. Stacks on deck. Ah, so I'm feeling good. Feeling good. I just did my pre-show ritual. Which I come is in. That's right. I hit the bathroom. Number two on deck. Uh, there's lots of stuff on deck today. Already there's, stacks and poop. Everything's on deck, yeah. man. I came out of the back, and it's like that Ice Cube song where he's like feeling about ten pounds lighter. So he has a song about pooping? Well, it's not all about pooping, but he covers it. <laughs> <laughs> Ice Cube is always going to hit the important stuff. Other like, biological He messed around and got a triple-double. Uh, that's it. Today was a good day. Uh, he, he, you know, he has relations with women that he's been after. That happened. And relations. he came out the bathroom 10 pounds lighter. And Mama cooked the breakfast with no hog. <laughs> so he didn't have bacon that day. So. Oh, well. Yeah, Thank Q you, covers it all, man. Did you see Straight Outta Compton? Did you? That's I the, haven't seen it yet. Me neither. Are you going to see it? <laughs> I wish that was just the Brian, end. Brian, have you seen it? Uh, opening night, yeah. You saw it? No, oh. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was first in line. We're going to take Brian to see Straight I'm taking you to see Straight Outta Compton. I do actually want to see it because I recognize that as a as an important moment in in you know in music history and culturally and things like that so i do want to see it I, yeah. i'm just not inclined probably to go to the theater to see it but yeah, oh you just sit home DVD and see it on movie. netflix yeah yeah, yeah you probably I'll, don't I'll like wait. seeing you don't strike me as the i gotta go see this movie in theater type unless it's star wars there are yeah <laughs> if it's a big event movie like um, a couple weeks ago i saw mission impossible five or six or whichever number it was and it was mm-hmm. great you know yeah. on a big screen but i'm not going to go see you know a jennifer aniston romantic comedy and pay 15 bucks to see that in a big screen not gonna happen no especially let me ask you this about brian okay Okay. and and i don't and i don't mean to generalize with with this but when you look at brian if you picture those people that are like waiting all night for star wars and they have the fake lightsabers (laughs) in line with a big robe on out in line could you see brian being one of those people I can see a little bit. (laughs) I could could, could definitely see that no i would not let me say this though when i was 10 Okay, Star Wars came out like in the theater the first time when I was ten. Okay, and I saw it in the theater twelve times when I was ten years old. Oh my goodness! Hit the nail on the head. Yeah, which is nothing. I mean, compared to you know what you know, a lot of people have seen it and how many times they've seen it. I've probably seen it the original, so you know, Episode Four, not the yeah, but. 
<laughs> which I'm just not helping my cause here. <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> but, that's a lot. That's a lot of time. But, uh, but like back then, it, you had to wait for a long yeah. time for it to come out so that you could buy it. Right. <laughs> buy it? You mean like? Could I'm, you? Did you? Did you not have VHS back then? I have um, no idea. No, actually, VHS was. wasn't a thing. So you I mean, it was a thing. Again? But you could, I saw it. I saw it in the theater when it was like first released. Oh, okay. That I was in the seventies. <laughs> Seventy-six. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was in the theaters for like a year. Oh, so people just at the had time, to keep going to see it there. Yeah, because theaters had maybe three screens, maybe four screens. It's not like now where there's like you know twenty-seven screens in a yeah. theater. They had maybe three or four screens so like star wars was playing on one screen rocky was playing on another um whatever the other two movies are so there was only one screen in a theater showing it and it stayed i mean literally stayed in a theater for like a year well that makes sense if there's no way of owning it that's the only way you could view it so it was they were more like plays back then almost yeah it was a bigger deal i remember i i think we waited in line for a lot i mean you know at 10 Waiting in line 20 minutes is a long time when you're 10 years old. Yeah. But I'm sure, I mean, I remember waiting in lines around the block to see Star Wars. Mm. You know, to get in to see Star Wars. I, it was, I just, it I was don't a have huge, movies huge like that. Well, I was, I went to see Harry Potter once, like at the midnight premiere, but usually I'm just like, I'll wait until the hype's done and then yeah. I can go see it in matinee, mostly because I'm cheap. Mm. So what, let me ask this. Or does it bother you when people talk? During movies, like, does that disturb oh, you? Oh no, I'm I'm kind of a talker. Like, I won't yell out during. I I this bothers me. What's gonna happen? Well, I'm oh. like I, I'm watching it with you. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, Why no, do you think right. I have this kind of knowledge? <laughs> Watch like, it together. We'll find out at the same time. Yeah, right. like I have no idea what's gonna happen. Yeah. What do you think's gonna happen? So th- that bothers me. But I like to make jokes, <laughs> which I'm, like I'm sure some people audibly don't love. during the movie, like uh, where people can hear you. Oh or no, just no. If I'm in the theater, if yeah. it, if it's like a theater and there's not that many people, I'll just kind of whisper it to my mom or something okay every once in a while though we'll go see like a horror film and then um she'll have to stifle her laughter because we that's our favorite thing to do is to go see horror films and then like kind of make fun of them i find that funnier than any kind of comedy wow but there's this one horror film i won't ruin the ending but it is the funniest one i've ever seen have you seen the orphan it's nah, about a little girl I've who's heard evil. Of it. Oh man, the twist at the end of that movie! My friend and I were crying. It was the that funniest bad? thing we. No, it was phenomenal. I don't. I like. I don't know how to explain it. I don't want to just like say what it is, just in case anyone wants to see it. But the twist at the end of that movie is hilarious. It really? is the funniest thing I have ever seen. <laughs> so you, so you like these movies, so you can go clown them. Yeah, like so I can make fun of it. Well, I guess that's how a comedian would. Yeah. Would would pretty much enjoy movies. Yeah, it's see, like w- my favorite genre. Horror. Horror. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, is, do any of the movies actually scare you, or is no? It just... I mean, there's the ones that things pop out, so you go ah. But no, I don't. I don't like build myself up. I like to watch them by myself, and I like to like by, get like home by yourself. Yeah. lights out. Yeah. Yo, that's ballsy. I, did the, I don't find them that scary. I don't know. Most of it, most of it is stuff that just like wouldn't happen. You know what I mean? I'm not afraid of a zombie apocalypse. It's okay. scarier to me to like watch a maybe like a psychological thriller where you know things are more realistic. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess that I guess that makes sense. I since I got older, they don't scare me either. Yeah. But I, the thing I hate though is people talking during the movie. I mean, me and my wife use because my wife can sit and watch a movie and hear chatter all over the place, and it doesn't bother her one bit. But you're the kind of person who's like, well, one time, well, one time front. we we went to see uh, the Best Man Holiday, mm-hmm. and these people were behind us talking throughout like. 
the beginning of the movie. First of all, like audibly, like in their yes. normal voices, where you like we're talking right now. Okay, but a movie is on because I don't mind if someone's just like, "Wow, that was crazy," no, or something no. like that. That doesn't bother me at no, all. No, we talking about at a cookout. Oh, like, and, and my thing was, I, and I, and it was this row of like four women sitting behind us. Mm-hmm. I saw them talking on the way into the theater. Yeah, I saw you talking in line. I saw you talking on the way into the movie, and I saw you talking when you sat down. How much do you have to say? Yeah. Like, why do you still need to talk while the movie is on? I can't imagine having that much to talk about. And then not only did they talk. See, this was the final straw for me. Not only did they talk, they started reading the stuff on the screen. So at one point, the one woman goes, huh, four months later. <laughs> <laughs> like, bitch, we can read. That's you know hilarious. I mean? We can like that. That was it. For, I was done. I'm like, we can. I told her, I'm like, we can read. We can read. Like, why are you? Why are you doing that though? And then my wife was like, babe, just stop. We're gonna get put out. Don't do this. I said, listen, either I'm leaving or I gotta move seats. Yeah. And my wife's like, well, we got a good seat. I'm not moving. I said, well, I'll see you when the movie's over. I'm sitting in the back. Yeah, that way. Uh, and I went to the back of the theater and watched the same movie as my wife from the other side of the theater. That's hilarious. I could. Four months later, <laughs> what are you? What are you doing right there? Like, why? You know what I mean? It's and, people like that who strike up small talk. That's awkward in um, like the grocery store or something. Mm. I'll stand there and someone's like, "So your hair's curly." <laughs> I don't. I I don't know how to respond to that ever. <laughs> like, is yep. that a woman or a guy that might be trying to holler at you? It's almost always a woman or like an old guy, but he's not. He. It's not a compliment. It's just a strange statement. <laughs> like, just to I don't say like, something to you. Yeah. Look at you. You're uh, wearing a shirt. Oh, I don't understand. I don't. I, how about you? Can you deal with that kind of stuff? Chatter and no, it, it depends on the movie. Like with Mission Impossible, I know, you know, it's a loud movie. It's just, you know, escape entertainment. So I don't have to get that much into it. But if it's a movie like, you know, Schindler's List or something like that, you know, you want to <laughs> yeah. get into that movie and you want to be immersed in it. And I don't need to hear someone behind me talking about, right. You know, the you date you had. You don't need someone heckling Schindler's <laughs> yeah. List. What's going to happen? <laughs> right. This seems Somebody real d- sad right now. <laughs> that no history. Yeah. Yeah. This would never happen. I had a a um a George Costanza moment though in the theater. Uh oh. Um remember the episode where he turns around and and he's like, You guys shut up and if you um, take you out in the parking lot and blah blah. No, nah, um, I remember that one. <laughs> I, I, I I it was during <laughs> <laughs> White people always assume everyone knows every episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, Seinfeld, of course. Like, like, come on, you know, the one where George gets his car washed. Nah, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, um, I'll try to find the clip. But it, it, anyway, the, 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 um, the um, it was during. It was a Harrison Ford movie, maybe twenty minutes into like a Harrison Ford movie, and it wasn't really that kind of movie. But these college kids were like, you know, off to my back left. And like two rows behind, and and just you know talking and laughing through the whole movie. Yeah. And I got up, and I turned around, and I said, "Hey, I did not spend fifteen dollars <laughs> to listen to you two. Zip it, <laughs> just like that." And I'm six eight, three hundred pounds. So when I say something like that, you know, and I don't look you know particularly threatening because yeah. I look more like Mister Incredible than I do like The yeah. Rock or anything like that. That's but, true. <laughs> but. Is that what you call yourself? It was. Mr. It's Incredible been other theater. people. Other people have noticed that I bear more than a, a passing resemblance to Mr. Incredible. Yeah. Mr. Incredible. How about that? Yeah. Oh, so did they, were they quiet after you? Oh, did it that? worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what kids do, man. I I used to. Me and my buddies used to go to the mall, 
and we would just go and talk during movies. So it's like <laughs> I'm, I'm sympathetic to it when it's a teenager, but you yeah, can't yeah. be 40 reading the screen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's my, my line. Because I remember, I remember when I was young and we were sitting there just, you know, like, that's what, it was one of those things where one of us had our license. Yeah. And he was like, he was the good dude that drove, so we went wherever he wanted to go. Yeah. And he always wanted to go to the movies. That's so, so funny. When the movies are like, as a teenager, that's not, that wasn't my top choice. Really? Especially with a guy. Like, if you're a guy. Like, why? Why? I just, we just love just like talking through hanging out and talking. And then this dude about Brian's size uh, stood up and he was like, hey, shut the F up. <laughs> he was like, he was like, oh, I'm going to whoop all of y'all's ass. <laughs> and we sat there and then we did that thing that dudes do. We looked at each other like, he wasn't talking to me. He was talking to you. He, he looked at you when he said <laughs> he, he it. Because if he'd have said that to me, I would have stood up and did something. But I know he was talking to you because I saw him look in your eyes and then you flinched a little bit. But I wouldn't have done If he'd have said that to me, it would have been a problem in here. Like, <laughs> I think it'd be almost scary if someone like Brian stood up and just said something weird. That would make me quit. I'm going to lick you or something. I'd be like, all right, <laughs> I'm not talking during this movie anymore. I would move, you know. If Brian wouldn't have to be that big. He could, he, he could <laughs> be five anybody, feet tall yeah. and say I'm that to me. I'm going to lick you. <laughs> that would be so scary. All right. Yeah. That's, that's the, yeah, that sounds like a dude that will dismember you. Yeah, exactly. You're making me itchy. <laughs> I found the clip if you want to yeah, hear, hear George Costanza yeah, yeah, railing. Let's hear the clip. We're trying to watch the movie. <laughs> and if I have to tell you again, we're going to take it outside and I'm going to show you what it's like. You understand me? <laughs> now shut your mouths or I'll shut them for you. And if you think I'm kidding, just try me. Try me. Because I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the funniest part about that clip is about five minutes ago, I told Brian, white people just assume that everybody's <laughs> seen every time. But I've definitely seen that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's why you don't uh-huh. stereotype people. <laughs> Brian was right. <laughs> Point made. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a that, yeah, that's a classic. I, I've I've seen I've, to be, I've seen every Seinfeld. Let me let's start with that. I've seen every. I just don't remember a lot of things I see. But. Yeah. Yeah, you don't remember a lot of things within the last five minutes. No, stuff just I just kind of a rememberer. No, I I just pick up highlights. I I pick up highlights, which is why I lose most arguments with my wife because she'll just well you you didn't say that yesterday. I'm like like, I don't know what I said. That's not fair to do. May or may not have said that. Yeah, like assuming that what you said is true. Yeah, (laughs) like do you ever like at home? Do you ever like slip into lawyer mode? You're like hearsay. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I stand up like I'm presented to a jury. No, hold on. Now, if you say that, right, and then I go to these crazy analogies, I I love making, I'm the king of making analogies that are just a bit off. So it's like somebody will hear it and they'll go, yeah, and then they'll go, hell no, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like I compare like apples to like peaches. Like it's close to an apple, but if you really listen, it's not all the way. A good analogy. <laughs> so, 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 I, I'm so the you're, king the, of, you're the king of bad analogies. Oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do you the, say God bless you? The owner of the comedy zone. Yeah. Pop it in. Yeah, just to make sure. Yeah, we're just, doing what just we're to do. make sure we don't need to get fired. That's, you know what I like? I, sorry. I'm, yeah, <laughs> no, no. I'm back five no, minutes ago. So, I was just thinking of, oh, we're going to take this outside. Uh, it's too hot for that in the summertime. Yeah. Do you, I, I'm not a guy, so when you fight, do you do you keep it inside if it's summer or if it's winter? Uh, the times that the times that I fought, uh, it was wherever it was at. It oh, wasn't okay. no let's go anywhere. Always here. Let's take it outside. Which seems like it's a whole thing. Nah, if I go outside, I'm going home. 
Yeah. Like my car's out there. I'm it's not. just it's just hot. It's too hot to fight. Yeah, like especially in the, that's why I don't understand all these summertime shootings and all this stuff. Like how? Yeah. Like you should be at a barbecue. Like yeah, go it's to the, the summer. I can understand Stay inside. I can understand killing people in the winter. Yeah, like I saw, I saw do. The Shining. Like it's cold. You it, you locked in. Fargo. People get hurt. That's another one. Yeah, Fargo. That's yeah. another. It's cold to drive you crazy, but hot. Like Will Smith made a song about that. Like chill yeah. out, relax. Oh, I love that song. Summer, 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 summer time. That is the anthem. It's so good. Nick's Timeless. never heard it. I what? played it the other day, and he has like Will Smith CDs, and he's never heard "Summertime." He's like, "Oh, I haven't heard this song." I was like, "How's that possible?" I was about to say we got to pull Nick's black card, and then I remember Nick is white. <laughs> <laughs> can you pull a white person's black card, Brian? You can try, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think. Uh... <laughs> maybe you, maybe you can't. Maybe that doesn't work quite that way. Will does any Does anyone ever get their white card pulled? Have you ever heard that? Like, I'm going to pull your white card if you don't know Nickelback. I really have never heard anyone to threaten <laughs> a, 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 to pull a card ever. Really? Yeah. Black people stay threatening to pull your card. Like, if you like, there's certain things in Black America where if you aren't familiar with them, people are like, oh, you about to lose your black. I card. don't understand where that phrase comes from like why you just like like an id card yeah yeah it's like cultural staples so it's like if you like for example if you never saw roots well no i understand like what the phrase means means. but why like a card uh why a card yeah like as opposed to pull your papers i don't know i don't know what you would say huh i can i can shed a little bit of light on this yeah the old person in the room yeah Back in the day, they used to like issue like you know membership cards and things like that. Okay. So like every little club or group that you had, oh. if you were like a car aficionado, oh, so something that was bad or something like yeah, that, they would take would, the card away. Yeah, exactly. So okay. they would they would revoke your membership card in a particular club. So I think that's what that refers to. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Well, now now we know. Oh, it's always good. I always like uh, learning phrases because yeah. you too. say them and you don't even think about it, and mm. then one day you just sit there. Yeah, when you've been drinking or something. Oh, and like, it's all. It is always great. It's always great when the only white guy in the room's like, "Listen, here's what black people mean by that." <laughs> we used to have these cards. <laughs> That's like when I used when I was in college, and the white kid knew more black history than you. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, "That's not the year that boycott happened, Will." I'm like, "Listen, man, I think I would know." He's like, "No, no, you're wrong." And then it turns out he was right. <laughs> I, w- I was in, I took black history in uh, college. I was the brown person, other than the teacher. Everyone <laughs> else was. White. What was that like? It was, I, one day I, I was real bored. I was just, oh God, I was bored. So I raised my hand and I'm like, hey, does the N word come from Niger? Like from, is that where it comes from? But I said it yeah. just because I was bored and I wanted everyone to be uncomfortable. Oh, <laughs> and wow. They, and they were, except for the teacher who was like, that's a legit question. And then like answered it. Oh, wow. He said he didn't know. <laughs> the mystery remains. <laughs> the mystery, yeah. I nobody. can shed a little bit. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, with your callback. I can shed, I can shed a little Started with my grandfather. Uh, <laughs> Let's go back in time. <laughs> Let's take you back to a small cottage. And- Man, I remember watching Roots and being like eight. Really? Uh, yeah, well, my mom. My mom made me watch the uh, like most intense stuff when I was eight. <laughs> like oh. any kind of crime show and then like Roots. When care. you were eight years old, when I was, I started watching horror movies when I was around like seven. Like oh, the, my wow. first one was Pet Cemetery, <laughs> and so I think that's why I'm desensitized to it. But at that time, it must have terrified you. I'm gonna go poop. Cat! <laughs> I don't know if you heard that, Cal- but uh, Killer Cal just let the room know that he needs to go poop. All right, bud, we'll go poop. Hey, in Cal, just a it, second. It, the first of all, Cal, I just left from in there. The bathroom is lovely. You're gonna enjoy <laughs> your time in there. Yeah. 
You read, if you go to the right stall, there's a there's you a, guys got a, this? a um, Comedy Zone podcast sign. <laughs> yeah, so he can look at our sign. Yeah, yeah. yeah tell, he can come back and tell us what he thinks of it. All right, well, I'm going to go. Yeah, go, yeah, go, help, child go, help, yeah go help the little guy do his thing. So now we can really <laughs> talk about yeah, yeah. what I really want to talk about is these pants Spencer got on. Because I don't know where in the world you buy pants. Yeah, I mean, it's a curious look. I mean, first of all, I mean, have you heard of an iron? I mean, really? I mean, just a couple of the wrinkles. It looks like you pulled them out of the armrest. My yeah. God almighty, Spencer. Uh, like they're her cleanest dirty. Like you just yeah, finished yeah. cleaning up at him and then came in and did a podcast. <laughs> I can see, I can see why people would hate me. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Oh, little I want to make sure I mention yeah. this uh, before uh, the, this segment ends. We're doing a show at the Fort Mill, South Carolina Comedy Zone, and it's uh, I think it's yeah, it's uh, called a, a comedy night for Bill Harris or Bill Harris Comedy Night. Yeah. And I talked about this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a good good buddy of mine, he was a fan of my comedy that became a good friend, and uh, we're doing a Comedy Zone. Uh, night we got the room yeah. already booked his wife's going to be there his entire family's going to be there and we have a list of really good comedians like touring comedians that are going to come and not only are they doing it for no money they're not getting paid they're each giving that's great money yeah you know that so everybody that comes in the door to this show gives ten dollars to come into the show and the comedians that are performing are uh, also giving ten dollars because that man week after week paid ten dollars to see all of us so we figured that was a cool way to kind of bring it full circle and uh, we're going to take all the proceeds and give them to his family nice uh so if anybody is in this area in the charlotte fort mill south carolina area not that far from carowinds if you're not familiar with how the city's laid out uh come out to the comedy zone monday because we're going to pack the room you're going to hear comedy that you would normally have to pay a lot more to hear from uh, myself and some other really funny people like headlining, nationally touring folks are going to be there uh, to entertain folks. And you, you're giving $10 just to send a message to, to Bill's family that us as comedians in the comedy community, we were just as big of fans of his yeah. as he was of us. And we get to reinforce that message with his wife and his family. And my wife's going to come out. And my wife comes to like one out of every 50 shows. So I know it's a big deal when my wife's like, I'm there. So it's going to be it's going to be a great night. And I think this is going to be an opportunity to for people to like see sort of the real heartbeat of comedy and why we love it. Yeah, it's awesome. a family. That's Monday, August 24th, uh, 2015. Monday, yeah. Monday, August 24th, 2015, Fort Mill Comedy Zone 900 Crossroads Plaza, Fort Mill, South Carolina. Get there. Uh, we all going to be on our A game, having a whole lot of fun on stage and the crowd to have fun. And it'll be a great night once again, just to let and not just Bill. I mean, every comedy fan that comes and supports what we do, because without like the listeners to this podcast or the people that come to these shows that we do, we don't have anything to do. We talking to an empty room or I'm just talking to my wife. Uh, telling her these things and Spencer would just be talking to her boyfriend telling him these things or Cal who wouldn't understand probably half of it so we have audiences because of people like him and that's you know sort of a night for us to kind of say we appreciate you all yeah 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 so yeah that's awesome uh, uh very very cool event very cool of you guys to do that and uh yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah. I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to it. So, and then we got uh, funny on the fly coming up this Sunday. Sunday, yep. yep. Which is oh, wait, there you go. That's Sorry. always a fun show. I like funny on the fly. Hold on, I thought we were gonna fire Spencer 
Yeah, well, she, we cut our he, mic and then you cut it back a, on. He's a quick pooper. I didn't. Oh, think is that what happened? So you didn't get the papers yeah. ready. <laughs> he had performance anxiety. He wasn't able to do it. <laughs> we, we were supposed to slide her the papers when she came. Yeah, to, no. you got to go to HR. You got to. There's all. There's the, a lot of stuff. It's, it's she, a thing. yeah, it's a yeah, whole thing. Yeah, yeah, we don't want a discrimination suit or anything. So, but yeah, uh, funny on the fly um, yes. on Sunday. Uh, will you'll be emceeing? I will be emceeing. I'm. I when I emcee, I normally come out and do maybe ten minutes of comedy. Perform a little bit for the people. And then I get some other really, really funny people to come on stage. And they're going to get the topics that they talk about uh, 15, no, 30 minutes, 30 minutes before before, yeah. before they hit the stage. So yeah. you don't know. It just is so spontaneous and organic. It's probably, you know, some would argue it may be comedy in its almost its purest form. It's just. Uh, yeah, because there's, there's no prepping for what scripted, you're doing. It's yeah. not. Yeah, Spencer loves, Spencer excels in this format. You never know <laughs> what Spencer's yeah. going to have to say, but it's, it's usually pretty crazy and funny. Yeah, it's a fun, um, it's a fun show to produce, and we're kind of d- d- trying to figure out, um, Debbie Millwater um, and I he, he produced the show, and we're trying to figure out kind of, you know, what's the next iteration? What is, I mean, we don't want to, it's on um, Sunday nights, and we don't, you know, want to compete with Sunday Night Football, so we're yeah. kind of uh, trying to figure out, you know, we're going to end this season and see if it's, you know, if it's a summer thing that we do every summer or kind of oh, that's interesting. Yeah. figure out what's next for Funny on the Fly. You know what, man? Football's so doggone big. Yep. Yeah. Anything you do, you got to have football in the back of your mind. Like, can we run up against? We did not. Yeah, we did not want to compete with. with yeah, um, that was, it just wouldn't work. Sunday Night Football. Yeah, and plus I want to watch Sunday Night Football. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. You, you just know. have an audience full of middle-aged women. Sad middle-aged women. The only people that are here. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, so that, that'll be... That'd be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. I got a couple coworkers. Uh, one of my uh, attorney uh, coworkers is coming out to awesome. the show and that's bringing great. her husband. Oh, that's very fun. cool. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna see what she thinks because she's very honest. So oh, wow. she'll come in Monday yeah. talking about what she saw. It's a really really good lineup. Yeah. On on Sunday we've got ten uh, comics booked for sure. One um, may or may not be there, but it's a it's a really really solid lineup. Oh, I, I mean, looked at the lineup. We got the best of the did, best from this season. I didn't see the lineup. Yeah. Where, where can we see that? It's, Email. Where can where can people uh, see the lineup? It will bro? go up shortly uh, on the uh, Comedy Zone Facebook page. I have it here. Hold on one second. Uh, Do we plug our Facebook page? Have I missed that? Yeah, um, no, plug. Yeah, plug, plug. Not yet, but yeah, plug, go ahead. Plug, plug. Yeah. Uh, we got one now. The, so uh, go find us. Go like us. Go follow us. Look at pictures. There are zero pictures of me up there. I was rather offended. There's uh, pictures of Will. There's pictures of chairs. There's no, I put up your football meme. You I have put a your football put meme on the page. They put yeah. They're putting yeah. your memes up there. Uh, yeah. Or as my coworker calls it, a meme. <laughs> your memes are up there. That meme, that meme went viral. Like I had, I put it on Imager, and I got like four four hundred thousand views. Wow. And then it, I got upvoted on Reddit to the front page, which if no one knows what Reddit wow, is, awesome. then it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's a great line. It's a very very funny. It's well, a funny thank line. You. Yeah. I thought I the last time I saw it, like looked at the page, I wasn't on it at all. It was just like chairs and Will Jacobs. So I was like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Empty chairs and Will. That's, yeah. that's that's what you'll find in our podcast. Page. That's that's what you'll find on the podcast. <laughs> and I guarantee you, uh, four hundred thousand people have not looked at it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> just my wife and uh, two of my friends. That's so funny. The uh, funny on the fly lineup for uh, Sunday night starts starts with uh, Johnny Millwater. Okay, and that we know, love Johnny. He, he, he's hilarious, he's, nationally touring comic. Yep, he's on uh, solid ground for the next couple of weeks. So yeah, and so he's done all fifty states. So that's yeah, always that's, right. that's a heck of an accomplishment. And for international and yeah, yeah. I mean, Johnny Millwater having him there uh, that'll be awesome. He's the sugar honey iced tea. Uh, Ryan Davis. Ryan Davis, very funny local guy, super funny dude. 
uh, performing for the first time in the uh, funny on the fly format. Uh, Tim Counts. T- oh, Tim. Great. Yeah. Good. Yeah, good. Good. Great. Good. Uh, Spencer Taylor will be there. She's not funny at all. Who's nope. She nope. Is Got, fantastic. Yeah, she's awful. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Kennedy Robertson. Kennedy. That's right. He he made fun of me one night, and it's the best joke I've ever heard about myself. I had on my brimmed hat. I had on my <laughs> button-up shirt and my clean pants. And before I walked into the show, uh, Kennedy told me I looked like a scout for the Negro Leagues. Hilarious. <laughs> Funniest is st- I tell it at work. I tell it at home. I tell it at church. I tell it ev- everywhere Your I go. Your poor wife. Just I the l- same joke over and over. See at when home. you're when you're when you're a comedian. That's how I know I'm a comedian. When you're a comedian, even when it's about you, yeah. like if it's funny, it's just funny. Yeah, you recognize it. Yeah. 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 So who who else we got? That was so funny. Uh, Jake Manning. Jake Manning. We'll that's right. Who who yeah. also is a wrestler. Yeah. Is. Which is fascinating. The man scout. Yeah, like he. Man Scout. Yeah, it's like his, um, his. Wow, he's dressed like a Boy Scout or something. His, his character, his yeah. his personality. Yeah. There's a name yeah. for no, no, no. Persona. A name for it. Gimmick. Gimmick. It's there, called okay. gimmick. Yeah. His gimmick is he's a Man Scout, so it's like a, a man Boy Scout. So he like wears Scout stuff. It's 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 funny. He has a video out. It's really funny. That feels so sex offenderish. <laughs> you describe it like that. Remember that with Adam Sandler on Saturday Night Live, that, and it yeah, would be him and Alec Baldwin. <laughs> What's the next one? Who's who? Uh, Blair, it, it is nice, right? Blair, Blair, Blair nice. That's Blair right. Nias Blair, Blair, Gummy Blair. Funny, yeah, funny, Blair. funny, 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 Chica. Hilarious. Uh, uh, Brian Briscoe. Brian, Brian, oh, yeah, yeah, Briscoe. He was, he was really funny. We time. love some Briscoe. Yeah. Very active and for, and he's not, Briscoe is, he's one, Briscoe's one of those dudes where he's, he's thick, but he's flexible and agile. Yeah. So it's like when Briscoe dances, he dances like a very skinny man. Yeah. But he's got size to him. He's not like like kind of like you see maybe a Chris Farley. He's not Chris Farley size, but when you see it, it's like Dang, that dude can move for a, yeah. you know a thick dude. Yeah. So that's Briscoe, and he incorporates some of that into his comedy. So that's always Brisco. fun. He's yes. really nice. Uh, Cable Funny Wilkinson. Guy. Cable will be there. Yes, yes, absolutely. Cable is it Cable or Cable? I thought it was Cabell. Cable. I feel uh, like it was. I think we've been calling Kettlebell. It. Cable. I know Cabell. I don't know why I made it so fancy, but I assume that that's what Maybe it was. I don't know. French, well, well, well. You need to come out on Sunday and, and see how to pronounce her name. There you that's, go. Even if just go. for that. That's, that's, that's what we call a tease in yeah, the business. A teaser. A tease in but the how business. How do you pronounce it? A tease it. How do you? Is she white? Is she black? What's her name? And then finally, also uh, scheduled to appear, Jordan Huggins will be there. Jordan Huggins, Jordan yes. Scott Jordan Huggins, Huggins is, and, I, and he has a handlebar mustache, or he used to. Yeah. Does he still have that? Yeah, he's always rocking that mustache. And, he, and if you give him a dollar or two, he'll let you throw things at it, and you can try to hit his mustache. He likes that. <laughs> Jordan likes that, uh-huh. yes. So you come to the show, and if you give him a buck, you can aim at him through his whole set. <laughs> throw, pick up <laughs> chicken wings. Right? You can yeah, throw stuff yeah, at him? Yeah, he can throw chicken wings, whatever you want. He, yeah, Jordan's like, he's cool with it. Yeah. So when if you come out on Sunday, that seems uh, throw chicken at Jordan. All right. Wow. All right. Yeah. But that's that's the uh, funny on the fly lineup for Sunday. It'll be great. This yes, that's go- that's going to be good. That's good. That's I'm excited to host that, and I'll be up there too. So yeah. and I'm going to wear my one of my Negro League hats. <laughs> there you go. So y'all will see exactly what the comedians are making fun of today on the podcast. Though let's transition into the interview we got coming up. Comedian Jay Bliss, super funny, nationally touring comic. Uh, real I'm natural, no, real sweet guy. Natural and, and natural, because men don't call each other sweet. I <laughs> generally don't. You just called Brian Briscoe thick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. I should have. Yeah. I should have said swole. Yeah. Should have said bro- He's just brolic. So thick. He's yeah. Just a nice thick guy. Okay. That was you just a second ago. Okay. Just so you know. I need you to ease up off me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that secure about masculinity. <laughs> no, but that's we got Jay Bliss. Coming up, and he's he's a funny guy, and he works a day job. Mm-hmm. 
So a lot of people don't know. Some comedians are really like actually working during the day. Like you see us at night, you go, wow. And then you say, they must sleep all day. No, some yeah. of us have 40 hour a week gigs. Keep your day job. Tours, I have to. But he tours, right? I mean, he's, he tours, he's out he, and around. Yeah, and, yeah. He, he does it all. He has he has a couple of uh, little girls. I believe they're twin. They are twins. He's got twin daughters and, and some of his comedy incorporates that. So and you'll and you'll uh I'm sure Jay will talk about all this stuff. He, he's very open about his life and everything else. And so uh so I'm we very have a great looking, interview coming up. Yes, we have program. a great interview coming up. Um, uh, and I think, why do I say, uh, so much? Uh, maybe know. that's me. <laughs> maybe that's me collecting my thoughts. Yeah, I think so. Is that it? Yeah. Cause I hate every time I listen to the podcast, I'm like, why do I say, uh, so much? Do I say anything? Do I do any? No, uh, I, I don't, I don't typically have fillers. You I know, but you know why you don't is because you think before you speak. Yes. Typically. Me, I'm, I get caught in midair. Like I'm an NBA player that jumps in the air to dunk it. Am I going to pass it? Am I going to lay it up? I didn't figure this out before I left the ground. Yeah. That's how my sentences work. Yeah. I Sometimes I, if I can't collect my thoughts, I just stop talking until I do. Well, let me try that. Uh, no, nah, that doesn't work. All right. So coming, so coming up next, we got Jay Bliss. Here we go. International Podcast Day is September 30th, and you can help spread the word. International Podcast Day is dedicated to promoting podcasting worldwide. You may be asking, what can I do to get involved? It's pretty simple. First, head over to internationalpodcastday.com and check the suggestions. Second, use hashtag podcast day to join in the conversation. Remember September 30th. Now, let's start the conversation. Here's what's coming up at the Comedy Zone over the next couple weeks. This weekend, August 20th through the 22nd, from Last Comic Standing, John Heffron. Two shows, Friday and Saturday night. The hottest uh, comedy series of the summer comes to an end this weekend, Sunday, August 23rd, the season finale of Funny on the Fly. Comics get their topics just before they go on stage, hosted by Will Jacobs and featuring the best comics in the Charlotte area. The Epic Storyteller series takes the stage on Tuesday night, local comics telling long-form stories guaranteed to make you laugh. Wednesday, it's the Almost Famous Comedy Show with guest headliner Andy Woodhall. He was the first comedian t- to make his network debut on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. August 27th through the 29th, Lachlan Patterson and Joe Mackey from Last Comic Standing. They'll be in Charlotte. September is a huge month at the Comedy Zone. David Allen Greer, Brent Morin, Tom Segura, Heather McDonald, and Bill Bellamy do not miss any of those shows. For a calendar of all the shows coming to the Comedy Zone and to buy tickets, you can go right to the Comedy Zone website at cltcomedyzone.com. To keep up, follow the club on Twitter and Instagram at Comedy Zone CLT and find us on Facebook. Welcome back to the Comedy Zone. Welcome back to the Comedy Zone podcast. Again, you all know me. I'm Will Jacobs, and I'm sitting here with. Spencer Taylor. And we got a very special guest uh, that stopped in uh, for the podcast today. This man is a uh, headliner, uh, funny as hell, performs all over the country, uh, has him, has him rolling somewhere everywhere. So without further ado, Jay Bliss is here, everybody. Comedian Jay Bliss is in the building. What's going on, Will? Oh, up, Spencer. Hey, Jay. We good, man. We good. It's, it's, it's good to have you here, man. Uh, so many questions and things we want to get to. Uh, but first off, how's your week going, man? Everything good? Pretty, pretty good, man. Nice, nice week, man. Real relaxed. Everything is good. No, just getting ready for the next gig. So, yeah, where's the next gig? 
Uh, next gig is uh, going to be in uh, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle mm. Beach, South Carolina. So yeah. that's your first time right. you've been there before? Or? No, I've been there before. So pretty good down there. Um, good weather and everything like that, and um, good food. Stuff like that. <laughs> that's, that's one of the critical. Yeah, you get some seafood when you go down there, so that's always good. So yeah. That now, do you do you get to get up north much, or are you mostly uh, where, wherever they got a check is where I go most of the time. Uh, they got a check, and uh, the check clears. I'm, I'm I'll go. So you know, when up north, if they say, you know, can you go to Canada?" Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you now you originally from South Jersey. Originally from South Jersey, right? Now, exactly. And, and then now, what year did you come down south? How long? Did Ooh, you- uh, that was like in 1991, maybe before uh, Spencer was born. Um, <laughs> there's like 91, like 91. Okay. And uh came down for college mm. and then I moved back up north and then I came back to Charlotte uh about 99 or 2000 or something like that. Oh, yeah. okay. So you came down John C Smith, right? Yeah, John so C. Smith. So you came down right. to Smith. Right. You were here for 8 or, or you went to John C Smith and then went back up. Right, back back up top, right? To Jersey. Back up to Jersey. Well, I was in Jersey, Pennsylvania, that area working for a company okay. and then I decided to move back to Charlotte. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what so when you cuz most people that come from north like there's a certain culture shock. Oh yeah, yeah. That it like, was. what what was that like getting used to Southern folk? I, versus- well, I mean, yeah, because it was a lot of differences. You know what I mean? And you had to realize, kind of like the Nas song, like you know, they not slow, they just talk slow. Like don't ah. don't think don't think this person is slow because like the first week we got down here you know we down at school whatever mm. people going down to the store coming back robbed like y'all got robbed like yeah like, <laughs> like, like y'all got robbed y'all got robbed like yeah they me to my tombs I'm like what y'all supposed to be from New York how y'all get robbed you know how y'all see that coming you know what I mean it was like funny so then I start you know you really start realizing and, and I laughed when I first got to Charlotte because it wasn't as big as it is now mm. people were like we gonna go downtown and I'm like that's what what is that and they're like right. downtown like uh, uptown or whatever they call Crazy. it. Crazy. Laughing because they got like one building. I'm like, that's y'all <laughs> Like, really? Now it's like this metropolis and everybody's right. like, you know, downtown and everything is is moving. And and I, I kind of fell in love with Charlotte, man. I, don't, I mean, I joke about it now, but, you know, I was here early, so I kind of saw it grow. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a great place to live. Yeah. You miss being up north, though, ever? Or? I miss the food. Ah, the food. I miss the food. Um, not time? really. I don't really miss the 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 commotion and the and everything the is kind of crowded. Enough, yeah. It's a lot of stress up north. I mean, but you know, you just. I mean, I understand it. I I live there. I I mean, I comf- I'm comfortable there. But you know, I'm more comfortable here now. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny too because when you come down, like you know me, I'm from Chester, Pennsylvania, so mm-hmm. right near Philly, yeah, and it's like, yeah. you know, you come down here, and then when I go visit back home, mm-hmm. the speed of the city. Yeah. Like strikes me like it seems like everything's moving so fast. I'm right. from there and it feels right. like that. Right. Because I've been living down here for a while. So I know that that transition now. How did, was it different getting used to the people? Because down here people say, hey, hello. Mm, yeah. Just they just say it right. up north. They don't. Nah, they don't. Nah, I mean, you, <laughs> you mind your business. That's always the first thing you recognize. Like people speaking. Yeah. So, you know, um. You know, I came down with the Jersey attitude, you know, basically, <laughs> don't speak to me. You don't know me. Stop staring at me, you know, stuff like that. But then after a while, you just start, um, you know, you start acclimating yourself to the culture and things like that. And surprisingly, when I was in school, I hung around a lot of people from South Carolina. I don't know mm. why it happened that way. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I was friends with people from New York, Connecticut, and things like that. But the people I hung with was from South Carolina. And, you know, we start trading stories and things like that. And they had the same kind of upbringing I had. Wow. They just played in the dirt. <laughs> and I played in the street. So that was a different, same that was difference. the same thing. They just yeah. played in the dirt. We played in the street, and it was the same thing. They was like, oh, we played tackle. They like, played tackle on the street. They're like, you played tackle on the street? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, was, 
I mean, like the, the like the car parked is out of bounds. Like you hit the car <laughs> yep. is out of bounds. So it was kind of you know this is like a culture shock, but it was you know it, like I said you know just because they they speak a little slower doesn't mean they slow. Doesn't I mean they quick. Slow. They quick and you know we talk fast. And they, you know, they talk slow. Now, when you, when, now, when you went back home, did people say you had an accent? Yeah, and people, people still say it today. Like people, t- like today, they'll be like, "Oh, you got an accent." And I, you, I lost a lot of my them dares and those. Like that's <laughs> that's a South Jersey thing. Like them dare do. That's like a, that's a South Jersey thing. Yeah. Like I say water. And yeah, people, water. yeah, people laugh when I say water, <laughs> and it's like, yo, they like, what is that? Like, that's that's water. Like, then they go, what do you mean water? Like, no, it's, it's water. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I mean, it's, it's to the point where I was in, um, I was in, I was in Johnny Burrito. I was in Johnny Burrito uh-huh. getting something, and they was like, do you want something to drink? I said, nah, I just get a water. They was like, wait a minute. He said. You said what? I said, let me get a water. And they, they called a dude from the back and he came up and I said, he said, say that again. I said, what are the dude? was like, ah. I said, what's going on? He said, I'm from Delaware. I, like, ah. I started laughing. I was like, ah. I said, so you understand what I'm saying? He's like, exactly. He's like, they mess with me all the time. I was like, exactly. So it's like, those are the type of things. I mean, the word John. Yep. J A W N. And people don't understand that word. Like, so I say John. John is a uh, person, place, a thing. It's anything that you don't want to repeat saying. So right. that's what John, that's the definition of John. So if you see a nice Jaguar, be like, man, you see that Jaguar? Like, man, that's your hot. Like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. Or you want to introduce your girl. Be like, yo, y'all, what's going on, man? I want to introduce y'all to my John. My right John. Here. Yeah. <laughs> my John right here. Like, oh, like, like, and these her friends right here. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so John is always a, a, a thing or whatever, and it's just people don't understand it, but it's a word that never stops. Even my kids, when I say it in front of my kids, my kids are like, they don't understand it. And I'm like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about <laughs> it. That is right. just talking. Yeah. Well, it, it's amazing, too, because you have, and some people call it code switching, but it's like when you go into different environments you pick up things from those environments so it's like when you up north if you when you go up north you probably sound a certain way around your family Mm -hmm. and then you go here and you sound a certain way in the south and then if you go to work you might sound a little differently at work than everywhere else and it's like some people don't understand that but it's like you almost are speaking three different languages well i mean that's the yep that's this whole thing it's like uh to explain to uh, a young lady one time we were having this conversation and she said she was working with uh, inner city youth Mm -hmm. and she was like yeah i'm trying to help these kids because they're at a disadvantage i was like disadvantage for what she's like well they you know they don't have the same upbringing i said them kids are smaller than you think i said them kids are a lot better off than you are oh yeah i said those kids can talk the way they talk in their hood then Mm -hmm. they talk the way they talk around you Mm -hmm. i said and they play in the system because they make it seem like they stupid but they not right they know if they act dumb that they sit in this class with you and they don't have to do their work now. Right. And you sit there and you help it, and they playing you. And then she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, those kids are not dumb. No. I was like, they playing the system. And I was like, you got to understand they're not at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. You know, and she was like, well, what do you mean? You had a, a good upbringing? I said, who had a, a good upbringing? I said, I'm from Camden, New Jersey. I said, that's the, the murderous capital of the world. I was like, so, so my whole thing is, is, you know, I can speak the language and make you feel as though I'm completely professional. Right. But if I'm around my people or mm-hmm. I'm around some, and if I'm in a different element or if I'm in the hood, I know mm-hmm. how to switch it up. Right. Well, somebody's going to go, hey, man, this dude, this dude got a suit on, but this dude ain't, this ain't right. a regular dude. Right. So that's how you got to be able, you got to be able to switch it up. And some people, I think, mistake that because some people will call it like, oh, you selling out. I heard you talking at work and you talking about, you know, sounding kind of like, you know, however. They selling out. That's getting paid. No, and I tell, <laughs> and I tell, and I tell people and you, because the way I look at it, you can have a person that speaks different ways in different groups. It's not about how you say things. Mm. It's about what you're saying. Right, right, right. Because you could sell out, 
Right. In any language. Yeah, you can sell <laughs> you know out what, what I'm mean? saying. Like, you know I mean, what I mean? It's no different than comedy. I right. I mean, when I get on stage, um, you know, people are going to have their perception of you when you walk on the stage. Yeah. So they're going to automatically assume, oh, this is the type of, jo- this is the type of jokes that he, he's mm. going to do. This is the type of material he's going to cover. Same as a club owner. They might say, all right, Bliss, what do you do? Or let me hear you. Let me do a 15-minute set. And I do mm-hmm. a 15-minute set to show what I can do. And they're going, wow, I didn't expect that. Okay, wow. you didn't expect it because you you prejudged yep. what you thought yeah. I was going to talk Ding. about on my, on my topics. You didn't think it was going to be thought-provoking. You mm-hmm. didn't think it was going to be smart comedy. Yeah. You probably thought it was going to be Def Jam comedy. And it's not. <laughs> It's not going to be Def Jam comedy. You're not going to get Def Jam for me. What you're going to get is, oh, my gosh, this dude is stupid. (laughs) So so that's that's the whole thing. It's all about perception. Um, You know, you have to, you know, market yourself in a way that you're not going to be the same as everybody else that you've seen come on the stage before. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's the whole that's the whole premise. And I take I read all these different experiences in my background, and I just throw it onto the stage. Did you always it. start out writing like that? Just like writing very much true to your voice, and not trying to what what I write, how I write is I write the, the way I write is uh, I don't, and, and I got this very early on when I first started writing comedy. Like I don't write dirty initially. It might mm-hmm. be a dirty premise, but I don't take it to a point where if I can't tell this joke to my mother. <laughs> and I can curse in front of my mother, but yeah. if I can't tell the joke to my mother without cringing, then I probably won't do that material. And it's not it doesn't have anything to do with values or anything like that. What it has to do with is I had to be comfortable with what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like if anybody has seen my show, they know there's certain lines I won't cross. Like there's certain things I just don't delve into. And somebody goes, What what areas of don't you touch on? And I go, sexual things. I don't really get into. Like yeah. I'll make innuendos, mm. but I won't do a whole bit mm. about you know, my joint. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because it's like, to me, I'm like, all right, well, I'm not 12. You know, I'm not 20 right. years old. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so I'm not going to do a whole bit about that. And, you know, it, it's been touched so many times. I mean, how many times can a dude stand on stage and talk about that? So it's just right. kind of like, all right. And that gives you kind of like a mass appeal also. You right. get to hit a lot of different audiences because you're not alienating anyone. Never They're not feeling know. uncomfortable. You can have a 60, 70-year-old lady sitting in the front row. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, you got to be able to relate to that lady. Yeah. Um, you know, even though we're not doing jokes for one person, but you know, everybody have to enjoy themselves. So, right. And yeah. it doesn't box you in because sometimes in comedy, man, they'll say, oh, well, he's that kind of comic. Yeah. So you get typecast mm-hmm. almost. And it's like, OK, well, when such and such come into town, uh, we can have him. But when such and such, we no, 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 we not, can't yeah. use him. Right. But you've made yourself sort of uh, multidimensional that way where. You know, whoever's coming in, right. you can work yeah, you with. Can work. You can do any kind of crowd. Right. You can get sent anywhere. You're like a utility knife. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, you're like a Swiss Army I, what comedy I, what, I, what I hate is when I'm ready to do comedy, and you remember this. We did that show. <laughs> yeah. So we would do, <laughs> we did the show, and we get there, and they said, oh, it's for a benefit. We're like, oh, okay, man, it's going to be cool. We're going to be ready to do our thing. We walk in, man. They're like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, charity for kids. we like, oh, oh man, wow. that's good. You know what I'm saying? That's, we know we're going to mm-hmm. do some good stuff, man. Yeah. What's up, Will? We ready to do this thing, baby? <laughs> we <walk in> the <laughs> spot. <laughs> And his kids there. His kids there in the audience. And I was like, and I grabbed my shirts. So I was like, well, I guess I'm not selling these shirts. Right. My shirts up. I was like, well, that's like 12 minutes of material I can't do. Right. You know, we sitting there and I get on stage and I'm literally, I basically do a precursor before I start. And I just ask the kids, I'm like, so by a round of a, by the hands, um, you know, y'all just yell out, how many curse words do y'all know? 
And then everybody <laughs> just started laughing or whatever. And it just kind of like broke the ice. And I mean, I was surprised, but I didn't expect that many kids there. Like it was literally, it was almost like a kid show. Yeah. Oh, and wow. uh, you and know, like how old were they? Like what they ages? Were ages between like seven to like uh, oh, 17. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven oh, to like wow. 17. Yeah. So I had to touch on all of that. And what I, when I tell you that Will went up and, and, and crushed it, and I'm sitting there like, oh, man, <laughs> this is about to go bad. Like this is going to go in a so, totally different direction. So I was nervous, but at the same time, I said, you know what, man? These kids probably didn't hurt worse in school. Mm-hmm. And I just started yeah, thinking in my head, I was like, these kids probably hurt worse in school. So when I went up there, and, and surprisingly enough, and you know, it wasn't anything inappropriate, I didn't do anything inappropriate. And I really, I, I touched on those, that don't sound right, I didn't touch on no kids. I, <laughs> I touched on so much kid material, um, just basically with them being there, that it, it just made the time go by faster. I mean, when I looked up, I only had like five minutes left. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there like, you know what, let me just go ahead and close this out in another way. And, uh, you know, the kids had a great time. So. And that's what a lot of people that, that book comedy sometimes, like an, an organization like that one, don't understand. Like, they'll walk in the room and say, oh, uh, by the way, uh, do another 15 minutes and don't say no coast words and it's going to be a bunch of kids. So yeah. go <laughs> yeah. like, like that's like, we don't need to be prepared for that. Like they, like you, but you walked in, I'm telling you, they, Jay walked in there, they hit him with all of this and he still went out and killed the yeah, show. And I'm talking funny. about, he pushed some back. He didn't push sexual boundaries, but Jay would push a few racial boundaries. And he hit him with some stuff. Matter of fact, one joke, I, he, he said, Will, should I do this? Right, he yeah, said it from the stage. Like, 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 you think? I, I, I need some validation. <laughs> I think we was like, we was like the only two black people there. I was right. Like, like, can, I, can I do this? I said, can I do this last joke? Yeah. And then Will was like, I don't know. And it slayed him. Them people loved that joke. Yeah. So it's like it's but he he was able to pull that off. Yeah, man. It was do you do time. comedy like that you that your daughters can watch at some point? Mm-hmm. Uh at some point, yeah, but not now. They're seven. Yeah, they're, um, they're they young. they understand. Um they've heard what I do. Like they um you know, one of them said, uh, you know, mommy said you make people laugh. And I was like, uh, yeah. And then they go, well, make me laugh. And I go, well, that's not that's not hard at all. I'm going to stare at you and you'll laugh. And they go, no, y'all won't. And I just stare at them and they start laughing. And uh, they, they think I'm hilarious anyway, but they're seven. So, you know, anything that I say is going to be funny to them. But when I tell them I have to go to work, daddy has to go to work, they don't, they don't know what work is to me. Like, they don't understand. They know what's at night. But then that's that's all they really understand. Yeah. So a lot of times it's like you know my my uh, my mother will be over and I like my you know uh, they go to bed at uh, eight thirty or nine o'clock. You know you can let them stay up a little bit later that night and um, I'll be back uh, later that night or early in the morning or whatever. And then they're like, where are you going? I like they work. Daddy got to go to work. And they go, oh, I want you to go to work. And I, wow. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of wow. like I'll, I'll be here to cook <laughs> breakfast. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's funny. Now you talk about you talk about your daughters mm-hmm. uh, on stage oh, yeah. in in your act. Oh yeah. Um, is that is that something that you make it a priority mm-hmm. to do? Yeah. And and what's what's behind that? You got to tell the audience who you who you are. Mm. You got to explain to the audience who you are. I mean, you have a, a small window of time when you first get on stage, and that window of time has been in the first three minutes. In the first three minutes, the, just, the audience is deciding whether they like you or whether they do not like mm-hmm. you. Now, I don't get on stage and start talking about my kids immediately, but I have to be clever enough for them to be intrigued to say, "Hey, this guy is likable. Let me." hear more hear okay more. so as you go into your jokes and they've already they got that comfortability you're within your five minutes everything is going fine they feel comfortable with you you feel like you touch on a, a number of different topics then you let them know hey this is who i am so they are intrigued by that you, you pull them in closer so when you start talking about your kids then the people that have kids are, are intrigued the people that don't have kids are intrigued because they're basically like 
he's talking about stuff and these people are relating to him and mm-hmm. I don't have kids, but I still enjoy these jokes yeah. that he's having up talking about his kids. Mm-hmm. So at that point, once you draw them all the way in, they will go anywhere with you. Mm. I mean, I don't care how dark you get. <laughs> I don't care. They will go anywhere once with on you your because side. I, they already like this guy. So that's the part that I, I tell people all the time. It's like you can't go out on stage and just shock people right off the bat when they don't know you. If you have a following, it's different. If you go on stage, Jim Norton can go on stage and say the most crass things, but he has a following. But I can't walk on stage and you meet me for the first time. I go, how many people here eat ass? I'm like, hey, hey, <laughs> whoa, whoa, hey, whoa. whoa. <laughs> man, I don't know you, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and there might be some people in the audience that's with you on that. But they're not right. going to raise their hand like, right. hey, I like this guy. They're, they're not. They they're, don't have that comfort level with you They're not. Yet. You have to be got to be comfortable with the person. So that is, uh, that's like one of the things. It's a science to this. And people don't understand that there's a science to comedy, just like anything else. You have to study, you have to practice, and you have to know your audience. Mm. If you cannot go up and do any joke you want to do in front of any audience, it's not going to work that way. It's just not going to work. Right. Now, now with the with your, your daughters, because I find a lot of times, well, maybe not a lot of times, but sometimes with black comics, mm-hmm. uh, there's this stigma. Mm-hmm. And there's sometimes these stereotypes surrounding, uh, particularly black males, that they're not good fathers, oh, and yeah. then that's this societal nonsense. Yeah. Now, when you up there doing those jokes, does that ever cross your mind that you are that not necessarily shattering barriers, but mm-hmm. you're showing people a different light? Is that ever a priority to you, or like, is there some social agenda that mm-hmm. comes in your mind with your comedy, or are you just like, I'm up here to be funny and tell my story? I, again, I'm I'm just telling my side. Now, you know, the bad thing about it is, um. You know, when someone comes up to you after the show and says, um, you're doing a good job as a father. Well, you don't know me, first of all. Mm. Right. You just know that I told these jokes. Mm-hmm. Or when somebody gives you props about taking care of your kids, that just basically, you know, lets you know in society they don't that think. too many yeah, fathers have, have fell short in their responsibilities. And now you're looked upon or they're putting you on this pedestal because you're doing your job. Like, dude, don't give me no pat on the back for doing my job. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Like right. those kids didn't ask to come here <laughs> and you don't have to give me a pat on my back to be like, Hey, good job, dad. Like, man. <laughs> Just say you enjoy the show and keep it moving. Like I don't need any pats on my back. Like I have to do what I have to do to prepare my kids for the future. That's the whole thing. When you see all these things that's going on in society today, like uh, the cops killing people and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I explain this to people when we talk about the black and white thing and things like that. People always say, Hey, do you, do you spank your kids? And I was like, yeah, I spanked my kids. And they're like, well, why do you feel like that's necessary? And I, I gave them a perfect example. I said, let me give you an example. <clears throat> I said, when my kids get older, right, and a cop pulls them over or tells them to do something, and they don't understand authority, right? Mm. I said, the fact that I spank my kids, they understand authority. They know there's consequences to not listening to authority. So the cop tells you to get out the street or tops, cops give you a command and you follow it, then you have no problem. If you don't follow it and that cops arrest you, a white parent might be able to go up and get their kid out of jail. I might not be able to get my kid until after they arraigned. You understand what I'm saying? And that's why my kids need to understand authority. So, yeah, spanking might not be the thing for everybody, and they might not feel it's necessary, but my kids understand authority, and they understand there's consequences if you don't follow those instructions. So I have to raise my kids my way because my kids might not have it the same way. Now, hopefully, by the time they get grown, a lot of these things won't still go on, but there's too many ignorant people out there 
for me not to think that it's still gonna be going on. So right. I got I got to do what I got to do, man. So, so you got to prepare. Your I children. got to prepare my kids, man. So I'm not I'm not really on stage to to wave my flag to say, hey, I'm a good father. You know, I'm a divorced father. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you know, obviously I do wrong too. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's just like you know that didn't work out. You know what I mean? But I can say that I'm a good father. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's the whole thing. So now, did the divorce happen after you started performing comedy or before? No, uh, I was already performing comedy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was already performing comedy. Did that was that yeah, tougher? Is that a factor? Yeah, I was gonna ask. Is that balance? What was that a factor in the divorce? Yeah. Nah, I wouldn't say that. I okay. wouldn't say it was. I mean, it was a topic. You know, it was a topic of you know, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And I'm like, what do you mean? Why? Why? Right. This is what I do. Like, this is what I like to do. You know what right. I mean? You want to take that away from me? And my Xbox? Are you crazy? No, <laughs> right, like, right, right. <laughs> so it's just, you know what I mean? It, it's just, it was it was a difference of um, just the what what things were, what we thought things were going to be. And uh, I made a decision to leave basically based off the fact of the children. Like, I didn't want to raise my children in an environment where there were arguing, arguments and stuff like that. And we weren't getting along. So mm. that decision was I could be a better parent um, divorced than I can be mm. in a relationship. I have to think about my children, and I don't want to raise them in an environment where they believe that two people that love each other act like this. Because wow. then they'll grow up thinking, this is right. Like, if it's he okay. really cares about me, he would yell at me. <laughs> like, mm, hey, that's deep. If he really loves me, he would scream at me or slam doors. Right. And if he doesn't show that, then that means he doesn't love me because that's what my dad did with my mom. Right. And my kid can't grow up thinking that. My kid had to grow up thinking that Disney bullshit. Like, they supposed to Happily ever after. And he's going to come sweep you off your feet and all that other nonsense. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of times parents say, well, we just stand together for the kids. Don't do that. And do it's like, but it's a do toxic do not environment do that, that my y'all kid, create. My kids have never, has, has, they have never seen me angry at anybody. They, they wow. see me angry with them, but they've never seen me angry at another person, like yelling and arguing. Like, even if someone's yelling or arguing with me, they can see me in a calm manner to say, I'm not going to argue with you about that. Mm-hmm. And then they they kind of take on the same characteristics because they realize arguments aren't necessary. They're not. Yeah, you right. can keep calm. You can always walk away. Yeah, you can Sp- always walk away. Spencer's like that. Spencer, <laughs> Spencer is just you not always argue, on her zen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can't rattle Spencer. Yeah, I got one of my best friends. We've never argued a day in our life. Yeah, never. I just never don't see the point sometimes. Whole, our whole life, never argue. And he will not argue. He will not argue. Hold on, now, now I got to bring this fact out though. Yeah, you an Eagles fan? Yep. We argue all the time. Oh, I'm, I said no. I said me. You are. Nah, I said he don't argue. He won't argue. Nah, nah, I'll argue. But, you know, it's it's all in the, what, it, what the argument is about. Like, you know, sports is sports. You know, we're going to argue about yeah. that. But, you know, when, I, when there's somebody telling me, you know, where you been? I'm not going to. We're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to. I just told you where I was. I'm not going to go through this again. You know what I'm saying? But I texted you. Like, okay. And? Just why, you, words. why you ain't answering your phone? First of all, lower your voice. Calm down. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you a good key, man. Y'all, y'all should learn this. Anybody listening to this podcast, learn this right here. This is a great tool. If somebody's arguing with you, and you're arguing with them, and you guys are in a heated discussion. You be the smarter person and say, "Listen, let's just be quiet for the next ten minutes, okay? If you feel like what you're saying is that important, give it ten minutes, and let's talk after ten minutes, and let's see how this conversation goes. At that point." You really might think that person's going to think 10 minutes later and you're going to think 10 minutes later that it's probably not that important or it's not that big of a deal. And when you come back to the conversation, everybody's calmed down and they're probably not going to say what they thought they were going to say. That's mm. going to be hurtful. 
and it always works. I'm telling you. Wow. Y'all, I've been in arguments so 10 sometimes. Minutes. 10, 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Like, listen, listen. It's a long time. Shh, do not, just don't say nothing for 10 minutes. At the 10 minutes, let's talk about it again. If you feel like you want to talk about it. And at, t- at the 10 minutes, they'd be like, never mind. Never mind. You'd be like this. That's what I was about to say. Never mind. Wow. Yep. Well, there Jay we go. Bliss over here. <laughs> Look at this. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. He done dropped relationship yeah. advice and everything ten else. Minutes. Yep. I hate your mother. Like, hey, see, if you had waited ten minutes, you wouldn't have said that. You know what I mean? That's why I'm sleeping with somebody else. No, no, no. you should have waited ten minutes. <laughs> that ten minutes is critical. I know exactly. Uh, that, well, so now with because you work also. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you. I mean, you. So you have. Uh, your day job. Yep. You have comedy, mm-hmm. and you have your family, your yep. girls. Yep. How do you strike that balance? That's a lot on your plate, man. That's, I don't know. I, I still don't know. Sometimes, sometimes, man. I mean, I already know what's important. I know what's very important. I mean, um, comedy. I love to do comedy. Like I love to do comedy, and I will do anything that I could possibly can to work around my schedule to make sure that that is completed. I mean, yes. But I know what pays my bills mm. ultimately, and I know where my benefits come from. So uh, <laughs> keeping it real. So, yeah. So um, it's a, it's a it's a good balance. It's a it's a hard balance, but it works. And uh, it's it's all in scheduling. It's all in scheduling. Um, and fortunately, my ex wife is uh, is very um, she helpful. She's very helpful when it, when it comes to my scheduling. And as long as I give enough notice to say, hey, I'm gonna be out of town. Uh, let me get the girls around this time or these days or whatever, and you know we could do whatever. And you know my work schedule is always the priority. So regular work, you know, will come first, and then comedy. You know, I can't do my regular job at night, mm-hmm. so <laughs> so that's just wasted time. Right. So my whole thing is, is if I can hit a stage, I'm gonna hit a stage, mm-hmm. and that's just how that works. Yeah. So the fir- well, speaking of hitting the stage, the first time you hit the stage, like how did this all start with you? Um, the short version. Um, I was in a situation that I had to speak in front of 300 people. Um, and I didn't have enough preparation. Like everybody else had like, uh, maybe three months to get a, a presentation together. And I had a week and a half oh, and wow. I didn't know it was 300 something people. Like when I got there, they were, like putting a mic on me and I'm like, what's this mic for? They're like, oh, you're in an auditorium. I'm like, auditorium for what? Oh. And they're like, oh, your PowerPoint will be behind you. And you actually have to do it and feel questions. And I'm like, are you serious? And this was like the after lunch crowd. So everybody was all, you know, rowdy. I got executives and everything in the background. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? So I get up there, and I go into it, and I'm going my thing. But the natural, my natural instinct was to calm down, be funny. And to this day, uh, this was over 10 years ago, to this day, people – you know, at that job was just basically like, that was the funniest presentation I have ever seen in my life. And I wow. still remember everything you said, and it was absolutely hilarious. And even though it was funny, it was more informative than it was funny. And then it was, you know, people, and I was like, you know what, man? I said, like, this, that was too easy for me. I was like, I, I'm, I'm going to try comedy. Because wow. I always wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so I was smart enough to know not to just jump on stage. Mm-hmm. I knew I knew not to just jump on stage and go to an open mic. So I was smart enough to read up on what I could read up on. And then I took that class. Mm-hmm. And the class taught me what not to do. Mm. So I knew what mistakes not to make up front. And I knew that my first five minutes was the cleanest five minutes that I ever <laughs> done in my life. And, uh, and it worked. It absolutely worked. And when I did it, I mean, that high that you get mm, off stage, the first time. I don't think I went to sleep till like 4 o'clock that morning. I mean, that's how that's how much energy was going. And it just so happened when I was on stage, um, our buddy walked in the back, and uh, our buddy had walked in the back and asked the guy, <laughs> was like, who is, who is that on stage? Wow. And he was like, oh, he's one of the, the students. 
And uh, the, the the legend or the word was, uh, I want him working in one of the clubs. Wow. That's great. And that Just like that. that five minutes is. So after that, um, you know, I you know, well, my first five minutes, I thought I was ready to take over the world. I'm like, yeah, baby, this is it. I'm going to be the next Eddie Murphy. Got five yeah, minutes. I got five, five minutes. I got five minutes. hot minutes, baby. <laughs> nah, and, uh, you know, it just it was a, a natural progression. Um, they liked what they saw, and um, I just continued to write, continued to write, continued to work on my skills, get stage time whenever I could. And uh, different environments, different uh, urban rooms. Urban rooms will get you ready. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, it was just, it was good, man. It's always been good. And uh, I can say after 10 years of comedy, uh, 10 years, well, close to 10 years, um, I have never been booed. That's great. Wow. And, I, and, I, and, I, and wow. I'm so surprised because I've had bad sets. Yeah. I've had bad sets. Now, that happens, and you can't bomb. But I've never been booed like when people are like, Boo! I never had that happen, and I was so happy that that's never happened to me. Now everybody's had bad sets. Everybody's had sets when they're like, "I'm quitting. I ain't doing this no more." Never again. But I just never had one of those situations where, uh, you know, where you just had one of those nightmare sets, even open mics and stuff like that, and. You know, I just never had one of those, so I was always happy about that. So you think that. it's most important? You said that when you took the class, it just taught you what not what to do. What not to do? You think that's the most important for people trying starting out? It's not what to do. You're not looking at the greats and then trying to mimic them. It's what, what not, not to, do. to do. What not to do? Don't like. Don't go out and be abrasive mm. immediately. You know, just like when I said, you got to be nice up front. You got they got to get the mic like you. Don't put the mic stand behind you. You know, mm. don't play with the cord. I mean, those, those like those <laughs> things small you don't, things. You don't small, think small about. Things. Those things you don't think about. As a thing. Don't curse at the crowd. Like, don't don't drop them with an f bomb right off the bat. Like, <laughs> like right. don't yeah, don't put that barrier up immediately. You know what I mean? It's like you know you have to. You just have to. It's just little things that people never ever think about. You know what I mean? Write it out. You know, I've been to so many open mics and people go, I'm just going to go up there and freestyle. Man, I'm funny at the barbershop. I'm like, you about to get booed. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> they're like, no, I'm not. Like, dude, you're going to get booed. I was like, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to go out there. You're going to tell your first joke and you think it's going to kill. And it's going to get quiet. Then you're going to panic, right? You're going to go home. Then you're going to say, I said, first thing you're going to let your mouth, you're going to be like, man, shit crazy. I said, you're going to say, and you're going to like, man. Then you're going to forget where you're going to go next. And people are like, nah, man, I'm straight. I'm telling you. I got all my stuff. Like, what you going to talk about? I'm telling you, I'm just going to wing it, baby. I'm like, all right. Good luck. I said, how much time you got? Five minutes. Okay. All right. Two minutes later, dude coming off the stage. I'm like, what happened? He's like, oh man, they just didn't like me. I know, man. You good, right. though. You great, man. You great. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and then when they do that, it's like you walking on you're walking onto the stage saying, This is bullshit I'm about to do. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I just came to bullshit. And my thing is always, cause when I go to the open mics, I go to work. Right. Like I'm there to work. I socialize, say hey, and then I get home. Because and so I can't understand when comics come to the open mic and they're like, ah, I just figured I'd come around and bullshit for five minutes. I'm like, is your life that empty? Yeah. Where you have five minutes on a Thursday. It's a hundred other things I could be doing right now. Yeah. But I'm here I'm getting this talk. work in. Yeah. Like, my life is not empty enough to where I have time to come bullshit. Right. Like, I'm coming to get this work in and then, and then get gone. Sometimes, sometimes though, it is just one joke you want to try. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, I want to talk through it. Because yeah. so in my mind, it's hilarious. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, when you actually get... I, I, and it's so funny because sometimes you're on stage. <laughs> sometimes you're on stage. And I, I might write a joke out or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'll be in the middle of my set. And uh, there might be like a little lull something and you sitting and you taking a sip of water and uh <laughs> water. water and uh <laughs> take a sip of water and um and then you'll go into a bit that you started writing and you'll go 
And in your mind, you're going, oh, shit, here we go. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like I, I did not, I'm not prepared. I don't have an ending with this. And right. it's like, I'm like, I'm just going to go ahead and do it anyway. Right. And it's so funny because sometimes you find those gems. You find those gems that absolutely kill. And uh, and we talked about this. Like, one of my favorite jokes. I have, a, I have, I have my best joke, mm-hmm. which people love. Yeah. And I have my favorite joke to tell. Now, my favorite joke to tell is not the funniest joke in my set right now, but it's one of my favorite jokes to tell because it makes me laugh. Yeah. And uh, I remember writing that joke on a plane. And I told you this story. <laughs> I'm on a plane and I'm writing this joke out, right? Because somebody has sent me a picture or something and said, can you do a joke about this? And I go, uh, let me see what I can do. And it's so hard because you have to basically put the person in the story. So I come up with this concept. I'm writing the joke out. I get to the punchline and I laugh out loud. <laughs> On the plane. Mm. And the guy sitting next to me doesn't know me from Adam, right? And he's like, you've been writing for like 20 minutes, man. He was like, what are you you laughing at? I said, "Ah, I'm a comedian, man. I'm just writing this joke out. I said, you mind reading this for a second? He starts reading it. He gets to the punchline and just busts out laughing and passes the paper back behind him. Like, dude, read this. I was like, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa." (laughs) Hey, man, that hadn't been tested on the stage yet, right? So I'm laughing because this stranger just read what I wrote, didn't hear it. And, and laughed Laugh. out loud. And he just told me the image in my mind is hilarious. And I just said, all right, this is going to work. And that's like that's the whole thing. It's like when I test my material, sometimes it's not at open mic. Um, I used to go to the barbershop a lot, but my hairline um, yeah. acted like a, <laughs> hairline acted like a little bitch and, uh, and ended up leaving me last Christmas. And uh, <laughs> So I go bald now, so I'm bald. But uh, I used to test out a lot of material at the barbershop. And uh, mm. my barber would be cutting my hair. And uh, I would actually tell him the joke, but I would say it loud enough where the strangers, the people that didn't know me in the barbershop or in other chairs. And my idea was if they don't know me from Adam and they're listening to the joke and they laugh out loud, then that means it's a good joke because they don't know me. I didn't, I didn't wow. have the chance to, to, to loosen them up for them to like me. But then when they hear the joke and they laugh, then I go, okay, that one's a good one. That's a winner. Wow. Yeah. I so, feel that way a lot about jokes. Uh, sometimes jokes are – hundred percent the person who's performing them and then other times in your case they can just stand alone so do you find that that's like a bigger satisfaction to you just the fact that they can stand alone they can stand alone yeah Mm. absolutely and all of your jokes do that yeah well yeah i believe they do yeah i believe they can stand on their own yeah well uh we could we could talk to you all day long jay Uh but uh looks like we got to wrap it up now uh i'm i'm hoping that you'll uh indulge us and stick around to maybe answer one or two listener questions because they ask us for advice on things sometimes and i'd love for them to hear your perspective on a couple of these situations yeah yeah, i can you can hang out i I can do that all right so let's move on to the next question segment here we go once again charlotte comedy podcast or comedy podcast damn there i go comedy podcast (laughs) uh comedian jay bliss spencer taylor We'll be back. You can follow Jay Bliss on Twitter at Comedian Jay Bliss. That's the letter J, Comedian Jay Bliss. Keep up with us at the Comedy Zone Podcast by following us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast and finding our brand new Facebook page. Search for the Comedy Zone Podcast on Facebook. We'll put up exclusive pics and links from each week's shows on that page. As for the crew, Will Jacobs is at I am Will Jacobs on the Twitter. Spencer Taylor is at Spencer Taylor, S-P-E-N-C-A-T-A-Y-L-A. And I'm at NC Balto72 if you want. Remember to check out the show on iTunes and Stitcher. On iTunes, make sure you subscribe and rate us and leave a review. It's the best way to help the show continue to grow. And while you're at it, go ahead and tell two friends about us. It's the Comedy Zone Podcast from Comedy Zone Worldwide in Charlotte, North Carolina.
Welcome back to the Comedy Zone podcast. Uh, we got a special treat for you. Luckily, uh, Jay Bliss was cool enough to hang out with us and uh, answer a couple of uh, listener questions. So we get to hear his take on some of this craziness <laughs> that uh, that we talk about every week. So what do we got up first, bro? All right. Uh, first question. Uh, the husband is 28 years old. The uh, wife who is uh, who is sending us this question is 25. So 28-year-old husband, question coming from the wife, who's 25 years old. They've been married for four years, but together for seven. The husband, uh, over the last few months, has been texting a single co-worker between, are you ready for this, 6,000 and 9,000 times per month. Oh, wow. Now, I did the math. At best, at 6,000, at the low end of the scale, that is 200 texts a day in a 30-day month. She's brought it up inside and outside of uh, marriage counseling to him, how uh, disrespected it makes her feel. Before I knew I knew about the text, he admitted they were flirty. He said he would limit uh, texting her when he was home, but then he just waits until she goes to sleep and, and texts. Oof. Uh, he texts her every morning and for several hours throughout every day whenever he's not in front of me. He says, I'm paranoid, jealous, and crazy. And that I need to stop controlling him, and he wouldn't do it if I paid more attention to him. So, uh, the husband's been sending thousands of texts to a coworker for months. Sees me as controlling when I tell him it's hurt, uh, uh, it hurts, and is disrespectful to our marriage. What should I do? Uh, first of all, <laughs> <laughs> um, him him saying that she's paranoid is is bullshit. Like that that's so much bullshit. Like, dude, if just reverse the situation, if it was her texting him another guy 6,000 times, he would lose his freaking mind because he already knows the type of text he's sending even though she can't see the text. Now, the fact that she's already brought it up, the end of the story needs to be, I'll cut it out and I'll stop. Now, the whole thing about it is, is y'all known each other seven years, right? Y'all got married young, okay? This dude is obviously comfortable enough where he doesn't even care anymore or has any respect whatsoever for his wife. And he says that, she doesn't show him enough attention. So here's the whole thing. Now, if she had a text message that he found from her and all he saw was, nice picture, baby. <laughs> He's going to be like, what picture? <laughs> right? That's all I'm saying. He would lose his mind. He's lo he would lose his mind. So my whole thing is the answer is right there. Okay? Now, you might say, it means nothing. It's just being flirty. It's just being flirtatious. So my whole thing is, is what if this situation had, had changed? What if the situation had switched around? You know what I mean? It would be totally different. Now, if she wants to text me 6,000 <laughs> times just so we can prove this experiment, true or not, you know what I mean? She can hit me up, you know what I mean? <laughs> Find me on social media, and, uh, you know, we can go ahead and test it out. You We're know what I'm saying? Run that. Yeah, run that experiment. Run and just see how, see how mad the dude get. You know what I mean? I mean, that's just... That's just how I think about it. I just the dude is doing dirt, man. It's just you know, it's ladies. You don't have to write any questions. It is what it is, right there. I mean, that's that's just point blank. Six thousand texts. He don't even text you six thousand times. No, I, I don't ever. I can't ever see a reason to text somebody that many times. I, I can see. A I reason. text my friends that many you times. Can see, I can see a reason. Uh, well, well, yeah, yeah, that reason. That, yeah, yeah, that reason. <laughs> no reason besides that. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't see text. Now, the one thing I will say is, whenever she confronts him. 
you know, I mean, really comes at him with this and says, this is it. You need to let me know whether you're going to stop or not. What he should say is, let's take 10 minutes. That <laughs> <laughs> I know. We learned that from Jay today. Yeah. Let's take 10 minutes. And if you still want to ask me about the text messages. There you go. But, but that's the, I mean, I get that part too. But, you know, she doesn't, I mean, there's not much. I mean, either he's going to stop or he's not. And if he, if he doesn't stop, then she has to make a decision. I mean, like, ladies, you can't continue, and fellas, too, y'all can't continue to allow people to disrespect you. And my whole thing is you have to have self-worth, mm. you know, self-confidence, and just be like, look, I'll be better off. My-. Look, you don't need no help doing bad. You can do bad on your own. You know what I mean? You don't need no help. You don't know. You don't have to be doing bad and have somebody disrespect you at the same time. You know what I mean? Just, just bounce. I'm out. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So it sounds like this. She she probably just needs to be out. That's, yeah. have If he doesn't stop immediately, then she probably needs to roll. Yeah, I'm telling you, peace. Yeah, <laughs> two hundred times a day. How, how, who's got time to text between six thousand and nine thousand times a month? <laughs> right. I mean, it, I mean, it could be simple. I mean, it could be simple text. It don't have to be long, drawn out. They could be like, "Hey, how you doing?" or "What's going on?" or Man. you know. And I mean, like text. I mean, texting just happens. I mean, what you can do is you go into your uh, your friend's phone or your spouse or your significant other's phone, and if you type in the word H M M and then it just automatically fills out them. They 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 sex it. That's how you know they, they sex it. Yeah, that's how you know they sex it. But that's that's a good question, bro. Like, what job do you have where you can cut away, even look down for a second, two hundred times a day? You can't strip and do that. You can't. I mean, what's the what's the teach? Can you teach and text two hundred times? Call centers. Call. Call center. Yeah, because yeah. I can talk on the phone and text at the same time. I'm like, yeah, so such and such and such and such. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Sir, did you hear me? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I heard you. Mm-hmm. I know you can do it as a lawyer, too, because I do it sometimes. All day. I talk all 200 day. times a day. I probably That's wouldn't. on the low end, 200 that, times a day. Yeah, 200 times on the low end, yeah. Yeah, yeah that dude that dude is doing something dirty, man. Yeah, it's not looking good. Yeah. All right. Um, actually, this is a this is an, an uh, interesting question. Twenty two year old male writing us. Uh, he b- broke up with his girlfriend, who was a twenty one year old female, after a year and a half. Uh, they decided they want to try and stay friends. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to uh, continue to be friends after a year and a half of a uh, romantic relationship. We set rules. We talk semi regularly on Facebook. It's all very platonic. No pet names. No pet names. Excuse me. No talk of how we love and miss each other. If we see a link we think the other person would like, we send it. We'll tell the other person stuff about our day. To me, it seems to be working. I don't feel as bad as I did a month ago, and I do think of her less. I know it goes contrary to what a lot of people uh, will tell me to do, but has anyone ever successfully stayed friends after a breakup? It's all fun and games <laughs> until the new person arrives. <laughs> as soon as her status changed in a relationship, that dude is like, bitch, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I hope you die. It's all fun and games to the other person in a relationship. I'm telling you right now. I mean, everything is cool until the new person arrives. When you see that chick walk in with the new dude and she happy, right? That dude don't even have to look better than you. You know what I mean? But you just like, oh, I hate you. I hate you. And vice versa. She's gonna feel some type of way when you get involved. So my whole thing is, is man, it should it can be cool, it can be nice, sending links, chit-chatting or whatever, but you need to be trying to find you somebody else real quick, dude. Beat you gotta to the beat her to the punch, man. <laughs> be the first dude. Be the first dude, man. I'm telling you right now, you you don't want that. You don't want that that, that up in the middle of the night. 
with your stomach hurt. You're talking about, <laughs> let it burn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Crying and carrying on. Like, <laughs> and plus, whoever the new person is that comes in, they're not going to be okay with that either. Like, you nah. talk to who? Like, yeah, like <laughs> if, if we walk in and we date now, it's like you can't be like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's this dude I just finished with that I'm still. No, 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 no. So that's going to have to dissolve at some point anyway. I, I've always remained cool with, with people that I've been in relationships with. Like, I've never um, been in a situation where somebody's hated me after. Even my ex-wife. Even my ex-wife. We Now, she hated me. She hated me <laughs> for a long time. But now it's cool. Like, it's cool now because it's all about the kids. But, yeah, but don't. Mm-mm. But you know what? The funny thing about it is we won't bring up significant others around each other. Huh. Like, we keep that separated. Like, because I don't know. I don't know what will happen. <laughs> don't. No, I know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna do nothing. I'm talking about from my end. Like, if I say, "Hey, this is such and such," right. you know, she you know might be like, ah! like, right. yeah, "Like, I hate you. You can't see the kids. I'm like, just something crazy." Like, <laughs> no, what would happen? But I just like my like. I don't. Yeah, I just as long as that next person doesn't show up, I think everything will be cool. They'll but be fine. but that all oh, that's always an awkward situation. Like you can't you can't introduce that that next person. Right? And God forbid she talk about him. Like, oh, yeah, yeah we just went to Disney World. Why, what, what you talking about that for? What you, what you telling me that for? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's like you can't you can't bring that in. You can't. You can't. Um, I don't no. need friends that bad. No. <laughs> I, I got enough friends. <laughs> I don't need to be. Listen, man, it's always good when you break up from somebody, man. Just just eliminate yourself. But this is different now because, you know, with social media, man, like that Facebook stuff, you yeah. should probably just unf- you should probably unfriend that person. Like, you really should. You should probably unfriend the person just so you're not involved in their life and then they're like looking at your life and, and in that way you can just really be gone, like really be separated. But we all had them weak moments where you go back and you Google the ex. Yeah, but don't do that. <laughs> I wonder what she up to. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Yeah, don't do <laughs> that. Then you mess around and see. Yeah, yeah, you got all happy, got kids. you like, oh. I don't, I, don't, look, I don't recognize that last <laughs> name. <laughs> she done got married. I know. <laughs> Yeah, you got to be careful with yeah. that. That's a delicate, delicate yeah. balance. Yeah. Well, um, anything else? Spencer had that look like I'm about to lay some shit on. <laughs> I just yeah. always have real, that look. Real quick, <laughs> yeah. real, real quick, man. Y'all can um, y'all can follow me yeah. on social media, man. At comedian J Bliss. That's at spell out comedian the letter J Bliss. And I'm also at a podcast going on too as well. Uh, Bliss is ignorant. So y'all check me out, man. It's been a great time up here, man. Will. And uh, Spencer, man, it's been a good time to hanging with y'all, man. So y'all take it easy. Well, yeah, make sure to follow him. Thank y'all so much for coming out. So uh, with that being said, one more time, I'm Will Jacobs. Spencer Taylor. We out of here. The Comedy Zone podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the NC Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone podcast are Brian Hepburn, Lisa Barr, and Brian Baltashevitz. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever.